All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. I'm your host, I almost forgot, I'm your host, Jerry Waters. I have a special guest, a uh, blast from the past with blast from the future, uh, black business owner, everything, Miss Adrienne Hughes, a.k.a. now Miss Southwell. How are you, madam? Hey, I'm good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm swell. We're in Hawaii, yes? Yes, I'm in Hawaii. Six hours be- behind us. Yeah. What's the pulse in Hawaii? How's everything? First, you're not, you said you're not having supper, right? <laughs> I don't know why you're giving me so much crap about this. Because um. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm figuring out like where we're going to go to your origin, but like supper, you know, I'm from the South, so it's dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So supper. How have you always said supper? Or is it like you've adapted supper? No, I I kind of say whatever dinner supper. But I'm when not. you said supper, I was like, Man, where, who, what <laughs> part of the world? You know, I adapt from? to everything. So, you know, been around a lot of different people. Yeah. So what's what's the pulse like in Hawaii right now? If are you guys quarantined or done being quarantined? We, are you free? They're starting to open up stuff. I think to tomorrow they're opening up gyms and movie theaters and oh, some wow. other things. But it's still like we're bait. You know, most of our jobs out here are tourist based, so most of the like the hotels are closed and all that stuff. But we still have a fourteen day quarantine for travelers. So, so as soon as they come, they got to turn around and go back home. Basically, you got you like if you come out here, you have to stay in your hotel for the whole time you're here, unless you're staying longer than two weeks. Basically, dang, that sucks. That economy is going to take a hit for you guys. Yeah, it's not looking good. So, pray for us. <laughs> How long have you been in Hawaii for? I've been here since 2007. Jeez, so, mm-hmm. well, let's go back. Let's go back before we get to Hawaii. We met 2003, 2003. Yeah. We met when we were mm-hmm. in high school. Let's go yeah. before that. Where are you born? I was born in Oakland, California. Really? You're from the Bay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, do it for the Bay. So you grew up in Oakland, California, two-parent household, one-parent household. What? How was it? Um, Two to one. And then right before, my mom moved us out to Japan after the divorce, basically. So you stayed in Oakland how long? So you're in Oakland till like. So I was eight years old. You went to Japan at eight years old. Mm-hmm. Do you have any memories of Oakland? Do you have any memories of like growing um, up in Cali, or do you? I do. I have a little bit. It's kind of fuzzy, you know. Um, I have memories of like hanging out with my cousins, um, and stuff like that, and kind of going to school a little bit, but I don't remember too much. Most of my memories are from Japan. Your dad, do you have memories of your dad being there? Do you have good memories? A of little bit, not too much. Um, I do remember like going over to his house after the divorce and hanging out with my grandma. And she would teach us how to like, she had raspberries and blackberries in her yard and she would teach us how to like make jam and stuff like that. Nice little black lady. So you're very... Um, so you do have vivid memories. Was dad in your life a lot or was it hard connecting moving to Japan? Um, I think being the older sibling, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I would like, I was old enough to understand what was going on, you know? And so I kind of like sided with my mom a little bit 
on well, things. Eight, so that's like what third? Yeah, second grade. Uh, third. Second third grade, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I I loved my grandmother, so like I kind of kept it cool with my dad, so I could see her almost. But with him, it was kind of on the rocks. On, on the rocks from your very early beginning yeah. from what your mm-hmm. memory was yeah do you have any early memories of like kindergarten at five do you remember what that was like um kind of i have this vivid memory of like getting kicks in the face with a soccer ball so that's that i mean i probably why i remember it right uh <laughs> and <laughs> but that's pretty much it he <laughs> ate you go to cali and do you think you felt the effects of the divorce early? Did you feel that way? Did you like notice that you just your mom's raising both of you guys? Yeah, um, I mean, like we were we we were kept busy with like I had like swim practice and had all these different things, whatever. Um, and then once we moved to Japan, I definitely felt it more. But we kind of had a you know, can I swear on this podcast? Is that yeah. allowed? <laughs> is that allowed? Say whatever you want. This is this free to the people. Okay, That's what people so, people do get on the podcast like Jerk, I curse. I'm like, curse, do it. I know you don't curse. I'm like, do what you Yeah, want. I mean, I gotta be respectful, you know. Yeah, do as you feel. <laughs> for adults. So so, you know, when I moved to Japan, it was kinda like a girl's house, like kind of a, like a men ain't shit type situation, you know? And so <laughs> So that's kind of how we how we rolled and that's kinda how we still are almost. Um how apart are you and your sister? How uh, four years. That's a big jump. Mm-hmm. Did you get? Did you feel like the older sister, always like the protector? Because it's completely yeah. different. What part of Japan did y'all move to? What city? We, was we um, technically we were in Chiba, which was we were we live like ten minutes away from Disneyland. If that helps you, Tokyo Disney. Mm-hmm. But Tokyo Disney is it's not even near Tokyo. It's not in Tokyo, no. At all. At all. It's yeah. super far. But what was your mom what was your mom doing to go to Japan? What job what field was she in? Um she she's kind of done a few different things, but she um worked for HR um for Merrill Lynch at the time in Cali. Why does that name sound familiar? Merrill Yeah, Merrill Lynch was like a I don't know, it's it's like a super fancy company back in the day, I feel like. Um but and I don't really know what they do. But basically she asked them or they asked her like, hey, we have positions, you know, across the world. Would you be interested? And she, I think it was like China, Japan and somewhere else. And then she picked Japan. So that's how we ended up there. What a culture difference. Because when we, we met like 2003, maybe 2003, Mm -hmm. 2002. But when we met you guys, we're like, what type of black people are these people? (laughs) Super smart. Everyone at your ASIJ were like, Mm-hmm. The smart kids. I know. We, we're like, you guys weren't military people because most of the military, we had like dumb people. Some like <laughs> military people were like not as bright. Yeah. You know? I, re- I remember one of our guys went from our school to a base school and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm getting like straight A's. I'm like the smartest kid here. I'm like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> like you are not that smart over here. So yeah, you guys are like, strict and everybody spoke Japanese. You're like, look how smart these girls mm-hmm. are. They're like super smart. Yep, that's right. Like when we came out there, they're just like, wow, these are like the closest thing to Americans as possible. <laughs> that's right, repping ASIJ. Um, 
you know. So let's before we so you go so you get to Japan. What's it yes. like? Give me through the first moments of just being eight years old. Do you understand uh, you're in a different country? Do you understand that? Do you feel it? Yeah, like bef- right before we moved out, my mom bought us these like flashcards with Japanese writing and stuff on them. She's like, here, like let's learn this stuff. And so not that I don't think I learned much before we got out there but it was kind of like an intro and then we get out there we were in the suburbs so it wasn't like there was definitely no foreigners around i think there was like oh maybe year the second year i was there there was like a mormon family that moved into the neighborhood <laughs> and like that was it probably like 12 of them huh yeah you know so um i was definitely the only black person in the area for a long time. I don't even think there's any black people around there now. What but, did that feel like though? What did that feel like being only a black person in that part of town? Did you feel um, You know, I think I was too young to feel it. And also my mom's white, so like that already, I'm already she used is. to that. Yeah. Mm. Wow, I did okay. not know that. I feel like you should know these things about me, by the way. Um, no, I thought it was the opposite <laughs> way because you never, you never show pictures of your mother, always. You never had pictures of your mom. That's why I always thought your dad, I, I never knew that. Cause I was, I, mm-hmm. You never had pictures of your mom. So I was like, man, this black dude just moved their family all the way out to Japan. <laughs> no, no, so we're no. Like, we ask questions. I want to ask questions about your mom. You never spoke about your mom. That's why I was like, man, these people, like mm-hmm. biracial people, never really say that much information. Well, you know, we have secrets. So, <laughs> so my, um, I, guess I thought it was the opposite way. I don't know why I thought it was the opposite way. Yeah, no, my... You would some some people don't even think I'm half because I'm I'm light skinned but I'm like dark like not We're that light, light you know what I mean and I like to tan you know when I can so I keep it dark <laughs> so that's a whole nother thing her raising two black daughters like what mm-hmm. was that probably was a whole lot tougher on her yeah I luckily for her one of her best friends is black so I think she got a lot of. She got a lot of hair tips when we were in Cali, for sure. You know, she had to. Thank thank Jesus for that. Um, <laughs> and then when we were in Japan, my hair was a mess for a while. But somehow we got connected to somebody that had like a hair salon on, on it's like, it wasn't a, it was like a base, but not really. Like a regular person could still go on, like go into the salon, you know? So from like maybe sophomore year on and on I was able to get my hair braided and I was like this is I found my people like finally <laughs> let's go back before sophomore year let's go to yes. so what is your elementary school like so okay I so never, I was never aware of like what ASIJ was what is it well for? uh American school in Japan super simple but mm-hmm. I didn't I wasn't there I was there from middle school um halfway through middle school so when I first got to Japan, my mom put us in the local public school, mm-hmm. Japanese public school. Um, and my first year, I had to redo third grade, basically, because the school system, the school year is different. Yeah. Right. So we got there and it was like almost the end of their school year or like the almost the beginning of their school year, I think it was. And they're like, well, you know, you can't speak the language. So there's nothing we can really do. We have to teach you the language. So my first year, all I did was math class and Japanese class. When did you become fluent? Probably like a year and a half in. It like clicked. 
Um, because I mean, I had to, you know, it was like nobody there. There was like one person that could, one teacher that could speak broken English enough to communicate with me and everybody else couldn't speak it. So <laughs> like, it was tough. Yeah. Did the children so, try to like help you? Were they trying to like slow it down? Uh, they trying there to was, it was, uh, like there were some that would, they would try to help a little bit, I guess. But then you have, not only am I a foreigner, but I'm a black girl. So they don't, they, which they've probably never seen in their life. You know, so that was a whole nother thing with them. Um, I had one friend, still friends to this day. Um, and she lived like a couple blocks over. And so she would help me out um, until it fully clicked in. So. Do you still have it now? Do you still, are you still fluent or did you lose yeah. a bit? Um, I'm still fluent. I probably have lost like the writing side of it because I don't really write Japanese for anything. Um, I can type it into like a to, like Microsoft Word and it can tra like do the characters for me. You know what I mean? But um, actually, handwriting it is a little bit more difficult these days. Cause like everybody who out there was like, they all speak Japanese. All <laughs> well, you Japanese. know what? Not necessarily. Okay, there was a lot of like half kids there like half Japanese half whatever that couldn't even speak as well as I could speak which I was very proud of by but the way you guys need like signs we would like get on the train we get mad lost <laughs> we don't know where we're going we're like stuck in Shibuya somewhere I know see you guys had like the fake Japanese experience I feel like well we got off base a lot so when we finally I think yeah. it's because it's so more it was so heavy Americanized you know, right on the base. exactly we kind of all gravitated towards each other because we were all just like kind of alone. But when we went off base, mm -hmm. we was like, let's go. Let's go to Rapungi. Let's go. Yep. Full force. <laughs> they can't tell that we're not 18. It was crazy that, I, you know, I think back now and I'm like, wow, we were really in those streets as like 15, 16 year old kids. 16 year olds, wild. Yeah. Like, Partying with like adults and 25 year olds. <laughs> I can never imagine like letting, allowing my child to do something. <laughs> Some of the in things that we country, were doing, in a you foreign know? country, it's there crazy. was one dude at our school who, he got in trouble because he fought a Yakuza member. Oh, my God. He didn't know. <laughs> he beat him up. He beat him of up. And they, they tagged his car, mm -hmm. and he could never bring Don't his car you. off base. Yeah, he could never bring his car off base at all. <laughs> he started beating up some random guy, and next you know, he was a Yakuza member, and every time that car mm -hmm. got off base, pep, 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 pep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you get, do you oh, get a, a sense of loneliness when you're out in another country? Because you're the first one. Your sister probably adapted faster than you because she's four. Yeah, she, like, we had the, the, my mom had the opposite problem with her. Like, she was so young when we went over that her first language is basically Japanese. So you And so part of the reason why we ended up, like, so, like I said, I went to the Japanese public school. And then a couple years in, my mom transferred us to... Not SAJ, but it was like another international school. It was like a smaller one. See, but, but she did that so that we would learn English again, basically. So you no one spoke. So you and your sister spoke Japanese, and what your mother spoke Japanese too, or she learned? Um, like she, she did her best. Like she didn't really have to do. I think she had more English-speaking people at her company, so she learned enough to get through. Um, when she had to speak to Japanese people, but she's she wasn't necessarily fluent, I wouldn't say. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I didn't lose my English-speaking language or anything like that, but my sister definitely was about to, so that's... <laughs> which is super weird. Um, 
but yeah so that's why we had she was like okay I'm gonna put both of you in international schools now and then the school that I was at only went up to like seventh or eighth grade anyways so they were like okay you should go try ASJ or no I no actually I tested for St. Mary's first and apparently I wasn't smart enough (laughs) to go to that school I was like you know what I don't need you people anyways so <laughs> uh that those two those people like ASJ is bad I feel like as far as like rich elite people go but St. Mary's takes the top for sure so I, I I'm fine <laughs> well, do you remember so so you're making your first friend what is that like do you remember the emotions of like I finally met someone that I could talk to or um yeah I mean it was I think how old were you when you met your first friend in Japan that wasn't it was, it was probably that first year uh when I was eight um and she like I said she I think it was like almost they tagged her onto me like she lived in my neighborhood you know kind of a thing I was like okay let's walk home together (laughs) but like I love her family they're super nice and you know we remain friends now so it wasn't any kind of you know what was sympathy friendship (laughs) <laughs> what was like the cross-cultural things that she had questions because she's you're probably the first black person she met before oh yeah definitely um you know I don't really remember if she necessarily like she she later on in our life she would ask me um like how to say like she would basically ask me to teach her English and stuff um and I don't I don't know there was not not her but like definitely in the school there would be like the whole like oh, can I touch your hair? Because I've never, you know, whatever, seen this kind of hair before type stuff that went on. And, but that's, you know, that's just like How did that make you feel? Like, right, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> because I think being in Japan, it's like a completely different culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easier to stand out like as a black person in Japan than being a black person in Alabama. For sure. Yeah, like, like I said, definitely the only black people in our neighborhood, um, at least while I was there. And, but, but I think in Japan, it's more like you're just a foreigner in general than it is that you're a black person. So that kind of helps. Um, and they kind of group you like Americans too. Just yeah. Like, it's like, you're all, oh, you're an English speaker type, you know, that's the, the group basically. Um, so it wasn't that bad. And, and once, and I mean, once I was able to speak the language, I could call people out on stuff anyways. And then they're like, oh my God, like, <laughs> we had no idea. So walk me through the time where you had to say something to somebody. What were you, what was happening like that? Um, well, I know, I remember one time, like I was on the train and with a couple of my friends, I think it was in like middle or high school. And, you know, obviously again, I don't look like I'm Asian in any kind of way. But because I learned the language so young, I don't have like a foreigner's accent when I speak Japanese. I sound like a Japanese person. So um, I heard, I overheard some people basically like kind of talking shit about the foreigners being loud and whatever on the train. And so I basically, you know, looked at them and was like you know spoken Japanese like oh sorry about that like <laughs> and then they're just like oh my gosh you know <laughs> I'm like yeah I can understand you so <laughs> and I mean that's been kind of like my little superpower you know up until now where people just don't know that I can speak it so they'll say whatever in front of you you know and uh sometimes people don't realize that we've lived these 
alternate universe lives where we're just right. like not typical, typical the American experience. Mm-hmm. And I understand, I was thinking about that. My friend Joe, you remember Joe, me and Joe were talking about like how mm-hmm. Japanese people were probably thinking like, these Americans are so full of themselves. Right. These Americans come to our country and don't even try to speak Japanese. They're asking right. us for directions. That is the most mm-hmm. disrespectful <laughs> thing, you know? Imagine someone asking for us directions and they're just like, what, 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 yeah. what, what is this? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I sometimes when I think about Japan as a culture, they're more like, they're more like intrigued with the difference. Yeah, like they're not in they're a not, racist way. They're it's, just more it's not racist. It's more like learn more. Yeah, there's more interest and like again, whenever I start speaking, I automatically have to tell them my life story now because they really want to know how it's possible that I can speak Japanese so well. And I'm like, the amount of times that I've had to tell a stranger my life story, I you know, I could be rich if I had a dollar for every time, you know, so. <laughs> well, that one friend. So you make that one friend. What's her name mm-hmm. again? Uh, her name is Yuri. Yuri. So Yuri. Mm-hmm. So you guys are back in elementary school. Does mm-hmm. Yuri open up the friendship pod like after you become her, or is it just you and her against uh, the It. You know, she like I definitely got to know like her friends through her kind of a thing, but I was always the closest with her mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and but it was nice because she kind of took me under her wing and like spread me around to the friend group kind of a thing. Um, and so I didn't feel like I was, it was just me anymore. Um, and even after I went to a different school, cause I was only there for a couple of years, but even when I went to a different school, I would still hang out with her and her friends and stuff when I was in the neighborhood. So that was That's cool. a long friendship. That's like a 25 year friendship. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. That's 25 years. Yep. Just solid friendship. Mm-hmm. So you you make a friend, then we get to middle school. And the middle school is when you're back with more Americans, or were you finding Americans yeah. throughout your? Um, not yeah, not really. Like when I was in, when I went to middle school, that was like the first time really that I was making friends um, with Americans. How did that feel though when you start hearing English again? Do you feel like weird a little bit? Like what? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was weird to not have constant Japanese um, all the time, but it was nice because I didn't have to work as hard as well. (laughs) And, but also like, I, you know, I was finally able to learn in English as well. And so that was nice um, because I got to learn a whole different, like in Japanese school, you learn about Japanese stuff kind of, you know? And so now I'm finally learning about American stuff, I guess, or other worldly stuff. Um, and so. Do you find that our education is kind of like jaded compared to. Their education is more strict. They're more strict. It more, is. Yeah. Strict, um, rigorous. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we can kind of like BS around with it. Definitely. Talk ourselves out of an assignment. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, you know, like we know, ASJ wasn't really those type of people like I whenever I hear I talked to whenever I came to college and I talked to people and they're like oh yeah like I ditched class and like I did all these things and I'm like excuse me what like sorry is I didn't I don't understand what that means because we were never that wasn't even a thought in my in my brain that I could was a tuition school right you guys had to pay yeah like we had to pay like my thousand dollars or something I I don't even want to know but my mom was like well and most of the students there I think anyways 
their parents were expats, so the companies were paying for the schooling for their kids. Well, walk us back through there for the people who don't know. What is an expat? It's, uh, so expats are like, basically, it's basically what my mom was when we first moved there. Mm-hmm. So like the company pays for you to move out. They pay for your housing and usually the schooling, depending on how high up you are in the company. Um, and so that's why a lot of kids had like these sick houses, you know, <laughs> yeah, <they laughs> and are. I was never at home. I was like, can I come to your house? Cause, um, but because, so my mom, when we moved there for the first, she was only supposed to stay for like two or three years. So in order, for, and then we decided we liked it here. And since it's like, it's such a safe place for kids and everything. And her being a single mom, she's like, okay, let's just stay here. Um, so she had to quit her job and find a new one for us to stay. Really? Yeah. So we weren't technically expats anymore at that point. So where did she, where um, did she work? I don't even remember. Um, it was another like finance firm or something like that um she's a cpa now so she does those kind of things but um so yeah so she got a job thankfully and but so she had to pay out of pocket for our school you know and so that's why i live so far away all as well like we didn't live inside tokyo because we couldn't afford it right um you know like i mean people get paid a decent amount of money in japan like it's not like anyone was poor but you also work like 13 hour days as yeah. well you know very, very long schedules right so which again was probably why i was out in Roppongi all the time because i had no <laughs> parental supervision <laughs> sorry mom um <laughs> but <laughs> it was yeah, kind so. of a different i really think that the people who grew up in japan for a while they really were raised by their friends They're the same like with friends of just like, i agree like when I when I went to college, people didn't understand the way I spoke and stuff like that until they mm-hmm. heard my friend. Like, dang, he speaks just like you. <laughs> really? That's okay. Like I mean, the, I, not a traditional accent. You you're blended right. wherever you're from. Yes, exactly. Adapting to like the accents around you, and you know, that's that's why like I always tell people like I have this unspoken bond with anybody that I've met in Japan regardless of like how long it's been just because I know you know and and you know that I know like what our lives were like you know it's the feeling it's the feeling Mm -hmm. that's that's why I tell us like sometimes you just don't understand that if I can meet somebody I'll stop what I'm doing like oh you guys are in New York come hit me me (laughs) exactly yeah I think it was one time I was at a a, I was in traveling in Florida and I was just going to get my tires changed I ran to somebody I went to high school with and no one understood why that was a big deal. I was like, we went to high school <laughs> in Japan. There's right. no reason why we should just randomly just yeah. bump into each other randomly in these different mm-hmm. places. Because people moved all over, you know, the world after high school, you know. So it's like, it's you almost are jealous of people that went to, you know, high school in their hometown with their same friends. And they can go home to go see those same people. But, like, we don't have that, you know. And it's, I think it's some people who grew up in the States sometimes like when some like I met a guy one time and he told me like the first time he met a white person that wasn't his teacher when he was 21 mm-hmm. years old. I was wow. like, really? <laughs> wow. I was like, I grew up with like different cultures, different religions, mm-hmm. different everything else. So what was that like for you? How, cause you didn't have the traditional experience. So when people asked you, where were you from? How did you answer that question? Yeah. I, I still don't really know how to answer that question because you know, <laughs> you don't have a home. Really. Uh, well, it depends on how, 
in depth of a conversation I want to get into. Um, if I'm not, if I don't have time today, then I'll say California because that's a lot easier for people to understand. Um, but for the most part, it's like born in California, raised in Japan. That's how I put it. What was so? What was it like in high school? Like, did you were you a popular person, or was it everything else? I felt like everybody <laughs> knew you. Like when we went out there, I was like, man, girl, these girls are so popular. Well, you know, I mean, we would, I did sports, so I will say, like, that, I, I, I wouldn't call myself a jock by any means, like, I was kind of, I, I did sports just because I wanted to be with my friends after school, like, you could call yourself a jock, I think you could go ahead and say, okay, you know, I don't know, y'all are jocks, <laughs> what type of jocks hang out at wrestling meets, those are jocks, look, I, Jocks, that's what they like are. I said, okay, I didn't have anything better to do, okay? So, I like watching sports, I guess. But, or I like watching my friends play sports. Mm -hmm. Wrestling was questionable, but, you know, I was summoned to watch that. So, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I hung out with, like, all different types of people. Like, I had friends in, like, band and friends that did theater and whatever, I think I kind of was used to like trying to get to know whoever and have a mesh of friends. Um, I never wanted to be in just one specific group of people. Were there um, a lot of groups at the school? Like, was it? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like people would be friends with like, depending on where they lived. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was. So you would have like the group of people that live, there was there was a small group of people where their their uh, parents were teachers, so they all lived right around the school. Mm -hmm. So they were like a crew. And then you had the kids that lived in um, the Hidol area. It was like kind of the, the richy suburb area, right? So they, you've had those people that were friends with each other. I guess just because you're close to each other, you can hang out easier. I don't know. Uh, so, so something like that and then and then you had like the regular like theater kids um band not so much i don't think i don't know I, maybe I, did, I wasn't paying attention but and then we kind of had this group like mixed group of m my friends where we were just friends in general and it didn't really have anything to do with where we lived or anything like that um so this is like six degrees of separation like, yeah like tony i forget i remember tony and i remember mm -hmm. there was another one <laughs> Well, and then Tony was only with us for like a year, I think. Only freshman year? Did she leave sophomore year? I can't remember. Um, but she wasn't there the, all the whole time. That was, that was another thing too with ASJ. People came and went like every year. So that yeah, sucked. Yeah, they were like the wrestler or like football team. I was like, I'm surprised they have a football team. Yeah, so were we. Um <laughs> <laughs> They weren't uh, <laughs> the greatest, um, but see, we would have volleyball games on the days that there would be football games sometimes. So that's why I was around mostly. Um, but also I just needed something to do on the weekends half the time. And because no one lived by me, cause I lived all the way out in the boonies, basically according to everybody, you know, that was my only way of like hanging out with people. Well, so your sister growing up since she's four years younger than you, did you, was she by herself a lot as well? Yeah. Um, well, we had a babysitter. I think for the whole were time we too? were there. 
depends on who you ask. Um, if you ask me, I would say no. <laughs> if you ask my mom, you, she would say yes, probably. Um, but no, like, so yes and no. I was kind of like, what, it, once I got older and once I was like going out and stuff, it, it was definitely just for my sister. And I was like, okay, I'll be back maybe tomorrow. <laughs> you know. Do you respect the trust that your mother had for you? Did I respect what? Did you respect the trust that your mother had for you? That's a big responsibility letting you like, you know, she kind of trusted you not to get in trouble, to hang out. Yeah. And, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I big. have always been super responsible as far as like making sure I knew what my game plan was. Like, you know, since I live so far away, I couldn't really get into too much trouble anyways, because the last train is like at midnight. Right. To get to my house. So it was it was literally either I take the last train or have to find someone's house to crash at. Um, so either way I was taken care of most of the time I went, took the last train, which kind of sucked because again, it's like right when people are starting to come out anyways. And then I'm like, okay, guys got to go home. <laughs> Bye. Um, and then was your mother, look, was she a disciplinary type of person or, um, like, did she date throughout high school? Like when you're in high school, did you ever see your mom dating at all? Or was she? Yeah, she, she dated a little bit. Um, not the greatest people how did you take that how did you take that like seeing your mom date how did that affect you I I don't think I took it seriously really um because she I didn't think she was taking it that serious either um and so I kind of just let it happen I guess um I was always respectful but I would also let her know my opinions in the background uh you know that young Yep. Did y'all have that type of relationship where you guys literally were best friends or was it a mother daughter? What was that relationship? Um, I think it's a mix of both. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily say best friends, but like we were definitely close. Like I said, we were kind of like a three girls against the world type of situation. Um, and we would definitely work off of that. If we didn't approve of something, we would let her know and she wouldn't, really do anything if we weren't happy which is good um but she was also working a lot so she wasn't necessarily around that much either around but not around yeah so like she would what um, would you say would be your your darkest moment in living in japan what was that moment where you just felt low did you ever have that moment or was it I mean, I definitely, like, just my whole time having to live so far away from, like, my friends and stuff, that was super shitty because I would be at home by myself sometimes or with my sister and my mom wouldn't be home because she's working late and then I don't have a friend's house I could just hop over to, you know, and so it's kind of like, wow, you know, this kind of sucks. Um, very minimal, but still at the time kind of sucked and kind of felt like I raised myself a little bit back then you know um because like we had a babysitter but she wasn't like raising us necessarily you know would you say you're more like a lone wolf that's that's a kind of yeah. amazing how you pretty much yeah. raised yourself mm-hmm. inside that household right did your mom so, feel that, that it, did y'all ever have that moment where you talked to her like hey I feel like I'm raising myself or 
Um, I think we've we've talked about it like later in life, not in the moment necessarily. Okay, so we get through we get through in high school. When do you select mm-hmm. your college? Where do you go to college? Well, um, so by the time it was time to select colleges, I really didn't have any kind of loyalties to specific states necessarily. Like I knew I was going to be in America, but I didn't really know where. Um, you know, a lot of my friends like, oh, I, we go back to my home state, whatever. Um, and I'm like, well, technically California would be that for me, but I haven't been in so long that I don't really. And the house that we had been living in, my mom sold it like halfway through our time in Japan. So we weren't technically residents of California anymore. Right. So I was considered an international student, I guess, at that point. Um, so I could really do whatever. And um, I think it was junior year, my mom had bought a house in Hawaii. Um, she was gonna use it as her retirement house. Um, because, <laughs> I'll get to it <laughs> in a second. Um, so I was like, so we had gone to Hawaii a couple times, um, junior and then senior year. And I was like, okay, let me check out the Hawaii colleges. And so that's kind of where how I ended up landing in Hawaii, but I say quote unquote retirement because when I got accepted and decided to go to Hawaii for school, my mom was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and move to Hawaii too. And so she <laughs> so she moved my sister. She made the decision the summer before I came out to college, basically. And so she moved my sister at the end of the summer. So my sister was hella pissed because she couldn't say goodbye to like half her friends because they were all on vacation and stuff. Um, and yeah, my mom likes to make some spontaneous decisions. And I, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm like, okay. I was looking forward to being able to travel back to Japan for breaks and stuff, but I can't do that now, you know? Well, what was the transition from Hawaii? Sometimes I feel like Hawaii is not really a big transition from Japan. It's not. Because it's, it's kind of this, got the same, it's, not the same culture, but it's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, which is kind of why I love it here. Um, it was a good media, like middle ground between Japan and America, basically. Not the Hawaii, not America. But um, because of the big Asian presence we have here and just all the different cultures. So, and... I feel like there's the same amount of black people almost again all on the military bases basically um <laughs> but still and so it was an easier transition for me um than going to like middle of america somewhere where i would like really not know like culture shock again do you feel happen. out of place when you're in mainland america sometimes depends on where i go it's definitely like okay this is new like i don't know it takes me a second to like settle into how to act, I guess. When's the last time um, you felt on like out of place? What state were you in? Um, let's see. Well, the last time I traveled, we went to we were in Washington State and Oregon State. Um, and oh well, but it's I mean it's like whenever I just don't see any black people around, I'm like this is. <laughs> Or Asian people even, you know, if I don't see any Asian people around, I'm like confused. Um, And 
because yeah because here i'm used to it like i see all different types of people i see you know hawaiian people i see chinese people whatever they're all mixed anyways too um so if i don't see a lot of asian presence then it's it's an adjustment for sure you find it unique as black people we always look for each other you know that we gravitate towards Mm -hmm. towards each other what was that what was that like how did your mom you know being a white woman how was she like able to talk to you about that your blackness um, had to be new for her yeah it, it i don't know that she really did nah. too much <laughs> uh like you know she I, probably kind of escaped it being in japan you know? she really did i think she got away with a lot um but again she, like i said her one of her best friends is black and so and also i was in touch with my uh, my father's sister um throughout my life as well and so and she's black obviously so i had like some female black energy in my life but what was that help. like because it's not about me. when i remember i went back a lot of people were telling me like they were trying to evaluate my black experience and i was like no i'm still black and it was just like <laughs> but you grew up in japan and the netherlands I was like yeah so what yeah I'm black in those countries right exactly like you i feel like it's like we f- i feel black but i may not have gone through a lot of the stuff that other black people have gone through on the mainland or on in America. Um, but I still feel like a, <laughs> yeah, I'm still a black not. person, you know, <laughs> like, but I mean like, what was, what were the, what were like, what were they telling you? Like, how was your aunts telling you like, this is, you know, um, I don't think anyone, no one really told me anything. I think I, I did a lot of research on my own about stuff. It was more just like, talking to them and well honestly is like my 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 mom's best friend it was really just like about my hair and like what I can do with it and making sure that shit was straight you know that was my big like black experience with did your hair gravitate to your father's side yeah oh yeah no I'm my hair is black what's your sister like she is I I think the same um yeah we we definitely got the the black hair jeans for sure. So we get to we get to Hawaii, right? It's 2007, right? You graduate yeah. 2007, you get to Hawaii. Do you you don't really do you feel alone a little? Do you feel like new experience because you have your mother there and you have your sister there? Well, they were on a different island. Okay, walk. So I was on. yeah. So basically, when I got to college, um, was it the Hawaii school with the green uniforms? Yes, University of Hawaii. Manoa. Oh, freak. Mm-hmm. So um, when I when I first got here, we I think we checked it out. My mom flew over and we checked out things, and then she booked a hotel room for me to stay at until the dorms opened. Because we had because we had orientation, which was mm-hmm. like a couple days before the dorms opened or something. Okay. And so and I was too young to book my own hotel room, right? So and she didn't want to stay. I guess. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'm gonna drop you off and then good luck. <laughs> so that's, yeah. So the first couple of days I spent in a hotel room, I actually met um, a couple of friends through a Facebook group before I came out to Hawaii um, and that were all kind of staying in hotels as well. And so we kind of grouped up and hung out, kept each other from being too lonely. Um, and then we moved into the dorms a couple of days later. What did you study? What was your, your. Bachelor? I studied uh, my man, my major. 
Your major. Why did I say bachelor's? Yeah, what was it? <laughs> um, I saw you psychology. If you hear fireworks going off, I live in Harlem, so it's just like okay. random people just blowing off fireworks. That's why I'm just like, what? Yeah, but we get that sometimes over here, too. They've been doing this since, like, it's been, like, every every really? quarantine. People just shooting off fireworks. I'm like, where are they getting these fireworks? Yeah, I don't have no idea. So you get, so, all right, you're getting there, and mm-hmm. you're inside your freshman year. Say it again, what are you studying? What's your major? Psychology. Psychology. Yeah. You really get into your credits, like, junior year, right? That's when you get to the main. Basically, yeah. So what yeah. was the first two years like? Was it fun? Were you, like, enjoying yourself? Um. Did yeah. you ease your repugginess out of your body? <laughs> uh, freshman year, I was, I was still, you know what? It was, it was annoying that we had to like, that people had to get like fake IDs and stuff. Like I, I couldn't understand that, you know? I was like, yo, I was at the bar like two weeks ago. I don't even know what the hell this is. Like, <laughs> this is bullshit. Um, I never got a fake ID for the record, okay? I was, no, I wasn't going to tarnish my record like that um <laughs> i was like look you can get me alcohol if you want to but i'm not getting a fake id so um freshman year yeah still had i had that rapungi lifestyle a little bit going but i settled down later on sophomore year probably um mm-hmm. it was fun what's it like being a psychologist what was it like like with psychology um, you know, it kind of, well, it kind of sucked at my school because when I first got in, they had all these super cool classes you could take once you were like into the program. And then by the time I got into the program, they had like cut a lot of the fun classes and it was more like research based by that time. And so I was able to take a, a few interesting classes. Like I took a class about serial killers and <laughs> what? That was fun. <laughs> like the psychology behind, you know, serial killers. Um, oh, ask you a question and don't don't give me a political answer. Do you think OJ Simpson did it? Yes. Yeah. I I yeah. I, <laughs> I, was, I don't think yeah, he so, did. Are you sure though? I don't know. It seems I think, that, I think his son did it. You know, there's a coroner report where the coroner, they asked him, uh-huh. he's really, and he said, no old man can carry a woman like this. It was a young man that did it. Oh, okay. I mean. Son I was arrested. Usually his son was arrested for domestic violence right. with a knife. The theory okay. is that the son was really with Nicole and he oh. killed both of them. Interesting. You got to think, look how all these football players are. Look how they move. They can't really move like that. <laughs> If he wanted to, I mean, you can do a lot of things. Not that he was an old, he was an old football player. <laughs> that means he had to hold down two people. That's true. I don't know. I mean, I actually didn't really even know about the OJ story until later in life. So I haven't yeah, researched I was, as much as you clearly. No, I was just researching. And I was like, this doesn't sound right. And I just kept googling. I was like, it's. I just find it amazing that everyone is intrigued with OJ Simpson. Right. Well, okay. The dude put out a. Do you see that book though? You seen that book I cover? Understand, but he's like he was. Come on. I, I understand Come on. it, but it was just like everyone's making money off O.J. Simpson except O.J. Simpson. There's a movie about him. There's a documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's out. They got Oscar. Get everything else. Who, y'all even give anything to O.J. <laughs> and maybe I fell in love with him. Let me rephrase that. Maybe I started liking him after following on Twitter. He seems so sweet. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of sweet 
people that have murdered people as well. So right. hey, Twitter world, yours truly. It's OJ. Like, hey, He's just trying to cover it up. So you study his serial killers. What did you find unique about them, or what was? Um, you know, I think what I liked about it is like every person has a reason why they got to like. Well, some for some serial killers, it really is like a chemical imbalance or something mentally is the issue. But there's also a lot of people where they got abused themselves or they, you know, a lot of that. And so psychology in general, I just, I like the topic just because I like to get to know people and why they are the way they are. Um, and it helps you kind of learn how to be around people as well. Does that prohibit you know? when you were, before you met your husband, how did that prohibit you were dating? Cause were you always looking inside somebody's head the whole time? I mean, I think it helped me. Well, helped me and hurt me um be a little bit more understanding with people maybe sometimes Ooh. too understanding you know um because it's like okay well maybe they're like this because of something they're not telling me about or i gotta like dig deeper and find out more about this person to see what's up um sometimes people are just assholes you know it's, it's <laughs> you're like a case study you're really like case study yeah. people mm -hmm. did I you do. Did you consider that inside your practicum hours? Um, no, I didn't do anything specific <laughs> like that. I'm not a PhD, right? I just did my bachelor. Um, and I, I wanted to be a counselor for a while, but I kind of have switched gears. Um, and so right now at my job, I do HR, kind of like what my mom did. Um, but I like being able to help employees mm -hmm. um, and kind of be the person that they can go to if they have issues. Um, you using your degree. You are, you are. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a different branch of psychology basically. So when you, so you graduate 11, 2011? No. So in, so again, since I was an international kid, basically mm -hmm. um, I had to pay out of state, tuition Jeez. even though my mom had a house yeah exactly oh, so I. my first year my mom was like okay you know i'll help pay for this or whatever and then the second year came around she was like nah we, we're done with this <laughs> you know <laughs> can't do it sorry um <laughs> and so i had to take a year i kind of took a year off i took they were they would allow you to take like five credits per semester mm -hmm. um and then I had to work a full-time job and pay taxes to, con to be considered a resident. Those Hawaiian taxes are crazy. Yeah, so I did that. So, I was, so I'm behind a year of all my freshman classmates. Um, what was that like working your way through college? What was that like? Did you have a new, a new appreciation for... I feel like people who are working in college, like when I was mm -hmm. in college, the people that had jobs, they took school a whole lot more seriously. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I mean, yeah, my freshman year, I, you know, messed around and was kind of took it like whatever. And then once I was working and going to school, um, cause even once I got my residency and it was a lot cheaper to go to school, I still, I took student loans and, you know, which I'm still paying off today. Um, no. <laughs> but that's a whole nother, you know? Um, but so I would take, I would be taking classes and then after school I would go to work and, you know, it was rough. Like you see these kids like just hanging out, doing whatever. And you're like, okay, gotta go to work. Sorry. Um, 
and it made me appreciate for sure my studies. I'm like, I cannot fail because I'm working way too hard for this, you know? Do you find that you've, your life wasn't easy. Do you find yourself like working hard for everything? Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like nothing I, really comes easy to you. Everything comes at a price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I don't, I also don't get myself involved with things unless I can apply a hundred percent of myself as Walk well. Walk me through that. What does that mean? So like, it's hard to say. Um, like I don't want to, like with my jobs, I've always, I always question myself. Like I do kind of like a, a one year review. I'm like, okay, do I still like it here? Do I still think that I'm putting my best foot forward in this job? If I'm not, then we need to make a change. So with my current job, I was, I started it when I was in a, a junior in high school, not high school, a junior in college. And after I graduated college, I think I was in the same position for about a year. And I was like, okay, this isn't really fulfilling me in my life anymore. I don't really, like, I got to make something change because I'm not really being my best person how, right now. Right. And so I asked them, I went to the office one day and I was like, you know, look, um, they, that I knew that they had one of the girls in the office quit maybe like six months prior. And so then they, they had never filled the position. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, okay, let me ask them if they would be willing to you know, move me over to this department. And if not, then I'm going to quit and find something else. And so luckily they um had they you know they liked me enough and they took me on and we didn't have technically an hr department at the time so i've kind of built it myself it's like eight years you've been there yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's like seven or eight now yeah do you like it dude is it comfortable is it inside you said tourism's down so how does tourism affect your job yes so i work for a company within a company basically so my the the direct company i work for is a beach rental company um and we work our we are we're on the property of a hilton hotel which is the largest hilton i think in the world actually as far as like how many buildings we have i think it was like seven or eight towers so we on a busy day busy summer day we would usually have maybe a thousand plus people guests staying there that we would that we would see every single day um and right now i think they're saying if they're gonna reopen they're only gonna open one tower and that's gonna be like 10 15 of what we would usually see um which is why and and then also especially now because we still have the 14-day quarantine we really can't open because no one's going to be staying at the hotel and then there's no point of even having people around and with the social distancing issue it's like we're so up in 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 it with the the guests how do we social distance from someone that i have to actually physically be close to to do things with um you know and because of when it does get busier if we're still in the social distancing situation how do you keep sanitizing things over and over again with you know it's a lot of bleach we're going to be going through um so it's it's going to be a a new world for sure when we get back to work do you find yourself when you're on the job 
like doing other jobs? Does that make sense? Like, what is your, what would you say? Yeah. If you had to, if you had a time machine, right? Mm-hmm. And you talk to AD. Where, wait, where did you get the nickname AD? Um, so my friend in middle school gave it to me. Um, it kind of was like, oh, your name's too long. Let me shorten it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was basically, and so AD is the first two letters of my name. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. And so, and it sounded decent. And then I, my, I had another friend that spelled it out. So I use both versions. So there's a period D or there's a Y D E E, which both ways work. So if you had a time machine, right? Time Mm -hmm. machine. And you could talk to a D at 17. What would you tell her? 17. Oh, high school. Oh, Uh, about the future. You, what would you tell him about the future? You, well, is this, would you say junior or, or senior year of high you school? Ch- you pick. You okay. pick. We'll say well, senior year. You're about to make a big change senior. in your life. Well, you know, I think senior year, I actually was very well prepared for whatever was going to come. I kind of had like an attitude switch that I made. And up until, up until senior year, I was kind of like, kind of played it in the back, like low key, didn't speak up much. Um, didn't yeah, feel like I really, yeah, didn't really feel like I had a voice, um, because of, you know, economic position I was in, you know, considering the students I was around and how they lived their lives and how I had to live mine, you know? And so senior year, I was like, you know what, I'm about to leave. I'm probably never going to see any of y'all again. Here's, here's what, <laughs> here's my opinions about everybody kind of a thing. And I was like, I'm not going to live scared anymore. Um, and just kind of enjoy myself out loud. If you, if you like it, come join me. If you don't like it, I don't really care. So did you feel that sense of shame? Did you feel the shame just because of the socioeconomic background? Like how would you, um, explain the shame that you felt? I think, yeah, I think it was partially, I mean, we weren't, like I said, we weren't like poor or anything. Like if you worked in Japan, you were getting paid enough. Like you're, you're getting paid a lot. So my mom, we were good but like comparatively to the other people you could see the difference you could feel the difference and i know and like people would click up with with that and like they would you know we were a smaller school and so you could actually feel the difference like okay these kids are not inviting you to those things and they're not trying to talk to you or we would have you know even there was like five black people in our whole school yeah, I saw. You know what I'm saying? So like <laughs> you could feel and so people felt the that comfort to kind of do things or say things that they wouldn't be doing if they if we had a lot more black people around. Now, well, let's 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 get that's where I was getting at. Like yeah. what? Give an example. Well, I mean, definitely I heard, I heard people, you know, use the N-word. Um not like not like in a well, I not in a derogatory way, like calling each other, like, what's up, you know, kind of a thing. And I'm like, I'm sorry, um, who, who gave you the, uh, the liberty to say this? I didn't think I approved that, that one there, sir. Um, but they didn't care. Cause what are we going to do? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and 
there was so okay so there was like we had themed lunches sometimes at school and there would be fried chicken you know thursday or whatever and so me and my my best friend now too she's black and so we would always you know get our fried chicken and they'd be like oh so i know you guys love your fried chicken like kind of bullshit you know stuff like that wow and we're like again and my friend is even quieter than me so <laughs> it's like no what we weren't gonna say anything and it's like if you do now you're the angry black girl you know and so I kind of stopped caring about all of that stuff my senior year. I was like, you know what? You think I'm the angry black girl, then you're going to see it. And I'm not, again, I'm not going to see you ever again anyways. So I don't care. <laughs> How did that confidence feel though? Did they, you feel like they respected you more after that? Um, I, maybe a few. I think so. I mean, I did, like I said, I didn't care too much about it. I, I stopped letting myself get upset about things. So that was a, a freedom that I felt for sure. Um, and I think that I could definitely tell a difference towards the end of senior year, how some of the people were around me. Um, they're kind of like, kind of put some respect on my name a little bit, you know? Um, that was nice, you know? I really find, I was talking to one of my, talking to this person about black, about like black trauma and it's when mm -hmm. I say the trauma I'm talking about it's a numbness that some black people grow up and they're just so numb to the things that they experience right they accept it not accept exactly. it but like you know like like when George Floyd got killed a lot of people just like yeah we see this all the time yeah which is like a lot horrible. of people are getting killed yeah. like we see it all the time especially being being in different places mm -hmm. so it's it's a, it's a pro and a con the pro is that other people who probably grew up with you and probably never knew that you felt this way or probably out there marching, you know? Right. And I really think it's, oh, go ahead. I think like little kids should be more, little kids are more open to like what's going on. Cause a lot of the kids, like in New York, all the people that are on the front lines are white, Asian, yeah. Hispanic, everything is... else. And they're just like, they got black friends. They're standing up for black people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's been nice. Like, seeing that too for sure like some of my classmates that are white or asian or whatever you know speaking out but then you still got the the other side of it too you know the people that haven't said anything and are like a lot of my classmates went on to being very in, in very high jobs and high paying jobs and are very you know elite almost you would say and so their voices would help a lot right um you know but i think their silence says it all mm -hmm. your silence says your silence says everything a lot of people have been silent on the issue yeah now it's like my job we did a we did a culture a culture thing where we had to talk about white supremacy and i'm just like oh, oh. lord <laughs> and i get i get they're trying i i understand right. they're trying to tackle the issue mm -hmm. but it's just like <laughs> you're not you guys aren't ready for, for about no. the black experience like you like when i was telling these girls like you had a gun pulled on you a cop i'm mm -hmm. like i live in the south yes <laughs> when i moved to new york i was very shocked at the way people spoke to police officers here i was very shocked like wow these guys like really say whatever they want to cops and they're not fearful yeah people. so i was very shocked like when i got here i think i remember one time not i think i remember i got back i went i was in cuba and the next day i went from cuba i got back it's like six o'clock in the morning i was driving my dad's van and like seven police cars pulled me over. Wow. And they're like, I'm driving this massive van. They're like, the taillight's out. I know it's not out, but like, they're not going <laughs> to believe when I tell them 
Yeah. Like, can you tell us where you were yesterday? I was like, mm -hmm. in Cuba. <laughs> yeah. Like, Good job. Yeah. Like, it's got to be funny with us or yeah. anything else. I said, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but <laughs> last night I was in Cuba. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, let me just get your light. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. Ain't going to believe that one. <laughs> and the black dude walks up and goes, hey, yeah, you were you were in Cuba when they gave me a warning. But he the mm -hmm. whole time they're very, you can tell the cop was very amazed because as soon as he saw me, I took my hat off, put my hands 10 and 2. I put everything yeah. in the dashboard. And he was kind of surprised. Like, why did you do all this? I was like, I'm just making it easier on you. I know mm -hmm. it's early in the morning, da da da, da And I talked myself out of tickets. Right. I know those people who didn't grow up like me knowing that, like, why, why should I do that? Yeah, exactly. And really you, really, you shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, really, you shouldn't have to. But, but there's going to be a time where you guys have your kids. You got to talk to your kid about that. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's another thing. I'm like, okay, you know, I know that I came out kind of dark. And I'm married to a white guy. So what if we have a kid? It could go either way. It could be a, yeah, you got could one be like a girl, super one white yeah, you know, it could be a super white kid, or it could be a white kid that has black hair, or it could be a darker, like a lighter skin, but like, what's light, what's dark enough to cut, to pass for black, you know, it's, Corbin we're gonna have blue. to see. Or it could be blue, you know? No, Corbin <laughs> blue. Remember that dude? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But he was, he still looks like a black kid, though. But he's, I mean, he's light skinned, but like, you could tell. Yeah. When he started jumping rope, I was like, maybe he's not from around here. <laughs> Walk me through yeah. the first time you met your husband. Like, where did you guys meet? Uh, we you met when I went somewhere to... and he picked it up. <laughs> no. We uh, worked at the same job um, when I was in college. Um, we worked at Dave and Buster's super oh, wow. cool place to hang out. Um, yeah, but we were in different departments, but our departments worked like side by side basically. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they would, when we were short on my end, they would ask, um, someone from his department to cover us and to help out. And so we kind of got to know each other that way. Um, and then, yeah. So walk me through like like what happened like what did John say is like you know can a player from the Noya get a chance with it or what did he say? <laughs> well, you know I don't we were we were just hanging out like friends. Uh, we really got to know each other as friends only, and then um, I think like we would like hang out after work and drink and you know chill, and he like I think we like had a, like a spark one night kind of a thing. And then he, I think he, so technically he was still with a girlfriend at the time, but he didn't tell me, right? I know. But he was like, in, stuff, right? <laughs> serious. So, but he was like, they were broken up, but she was around still. And, she, and so she, he didn't want her to find out that he was hanging out, that she, you know, hanging out with me. And so he wouldn't ever let me come over to his house. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I didn't know why, because he wouldn't tell me, right? And so I started getting pissed off. I'm like, this is, you know, what the hell? Like, why can't we hang out outside of work, you know? And then, so that, so then I was, so we weren't really dating at that point. I was kind of still dating around. And then maybe like six months later, um, we hung out again. And finally he let me come over to his house. And then we just like hung out for like a couple of days straight. And then we're like, oh, okay, you didn't leave. I left. And then he asked me to come back the next day. <laughs> so okay. you know um 
and then yeah so that kind of started our thing I guess how long did you guys date before you got engaged uh I think it was like six years oh that's pretty long but mm-hmm. who am I to tell I did eight yeah you're pretty long too so. <laughs> what's wrong with you boys out here I did, I damn did, I did seven the day before my seven years <laughs> yeah I told him like it was we had already moved in together we've been living together for maybe a year and then I was like look like we've already been together for like five years at this point you know if we're not locking this down by the end of I can't remember which year it was or whatever year I got engaged so if we're not locking it down by the end of this year then I'm gonna have a problem you gave him multiple I did. I was like, look, I'm going to give you a whole year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, th- I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily broken up with him, I don't think. But he's the type of person that needs a little extra push. push. Okay. So, so how yeah. did he know to get the right ring? I feel like guys are so misguided on getting rings. Yeah, he told me that he got one, but it wasn't in my size. And so then he exchanged it for something totally different, but they had it in my size. But where did so you propose he, to you at? What was your proposal story? My proposal story. Oh, Lord. So it's, he proposed to me on Christmas Day. Oh. It, it was funny, though, because, like, we had, I had to go to work. So what we usually do is, because in the tourist business, we, we are open 365, okay. you know. So I had to go to work, but my boss always lets me like do presents in the morning and then I can come in a couple hours later. Right. So we have my mom on FaceTime. My sister actually lives with me, by the way. Um, and so, so she's here. <laughs> you got a daughter already. I've, yeah. That's why I don't have kids. Cause I have one already. So, um, but so yeah, so we're doing presents and then there's this one big present left that I'm supposed to wait to the, to the end to open or whatever. And so I get to it and then it's like, I open the box and there's like a whole, he put a whole bunch of crap in it. Like, <laughs> like ran, like random stuff from around the house, like dish towels and stuff. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Okay. And then there's like another box inside of that. And like, he did like the box within the box within the box thing, yes. but it was like, not, <laughs> it was, I'm like, you needed to like replan this. This is messy. Okay, whatever. So I finally get to this last box and then I can't open it because it's like a wooden box and it's like stuck. And so I finally like jam it open and then there's this paper bag from Macy's in it. And then it has like the little ring box inside. Um, And then I look up and here's this, let me set the scene. So I had bought him a Snuggie that year okay so he's wearing a soup a spider-man snuggie <laughs> and he's wearing this elf like hat that like jingles and stuff so he <laughs> and so that he so he's on his knee in front of me and there's like paper from like the presents prior that we hadn't thrown away yet like scattered on the on the ground and he's like and then i look up i open the ring and i'm like oh my god like i know you know obviously i know what this is and um and he's like looking at me like a puppy dog like so so freaked out (laughs) i'm like i asked for this i don't know why you're so freaked out like it's gonna be yes don't worry (laughs) but yeah and then my freaking sister takes one photo okay and it's like the crappiest photo like he looks like a deer in headlights and I'm just like have this weird face i'm like you took one picture really like (laughs) nobody recorded it 
nobody recorded it we got one shitty photo that will never see the light of day okay i'm like this is you're a gen z millennial like you should know better this is some bullshit set up your own cameras <laughs> i mean seriously so but yeah it was sweet and then i had to go to work i'm like okay well <laughs> all thank right you. thank you see you later <laughs> the wedding so, was amazing it was nice it Good was great wedding I would say so. I had, we, um, we drank out the bar. They didn't order enough alcohol, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so they basically got kicked out basically because they ran out of alcohol. So <laughs> my friends are crazy. I'll say that. <laughs> how many, how many were in your guest list? Um, we kept it pretty small. We just had like, I mean, and also it was in Hawaii. So not a lot of people could travel, but we had, I think like 55 or 60 people all together. It's not bad. It's a nice. Yeah, it was a nice. It wasn't too small, but it wasn't too big that I felt like I like. I felt like I could interact with everybody. Um, what would you say the the toughest part of marriage and like the sweetest part of marriage is? Um, if you're giving well, it to any newlyweds or people that are about to get married. I think you? it really depends on how long you've known the person before you get married. Um, because we were able to get through a lot of stuff before getting married. We'd already lived together for a while, so I was used to that. That wasn't an issue. Um, and we worked together, so we were pretty pretty close. So it didn't really change much, I guess I would say, for like me. Ask our couple a little bit. <laughs> Everybody works in the pit together. Yeah, so we, right now it's more like, okay, what does our future look like? Like what, because, you don't really talk about that too much. Um, so we're like, especially here and now with COVID, it's like, who knows what our future is going to look like for anybody, right? Is he younger um, than you? No, he's older. Oh. Yeah. So, but I, but I like our maturity level is like, I'm more mature than him. So, <laughs> so it works out, I guess. Do you want kids or no? I do. But I'm, you, a, you know, I think I want two kids, but I and I, I haven't decided if I want them to be close in age or not, like how close in age, you know? Like, I don't think I could be that person that's like, oh, I have a baby and then nine months later I have another baby. That's too much. At least you right? get them all out the way at one time. Yeah, but that's a lot of baby at once, you know? Then you're done. Then you're done. <laughs> but I definitely want them close enough, not too far apart. Like, I don't want like a 10 year old and then a baby like that's kind of weird you know like people there are people out there that like they have kids that's 17 year olds and then have a little like, <laughs> you know yeah that's a lot started a, back over again folks <laughs> it's a bit much Watch star wars all over again right yeah so but i also have always thought about adopting kids too so we'll see Okay, so we reached the point where these are called the hilltop questions, right? These are the last okay. questions before we let you go. You can ask right. these questions. It could be long. It could be short. However you answer them, you can answer them, right? All right. All okay. Right. Question number one. Do you believe in God? Um, that's a good question. I, I do and I don't. I don't know. I think being around a lot of different religions when I was younger makes me question why is, like, is there really just one God? Is there... Like, I love Hawaii and Hawaiian culture where the, you have a goddess of the, you know, volcanoes, goddess of fire, goddess of this and that. And that's what they really, truly believe in. And who am I to say that they're wrong by saying there's only one God? Or is it all connected? Like, I don't know. I like to be open with it, I guess. Have you read the Bible before? 
I have. I mean, my mom raised me Christian, so I haven't read the whole thing, but I definitely went to Sunday school. And <laughs> Sunday school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite person in the Bible? No, I don't. Favorite verse? No, no. I was never really into that kind of stuff. Well, Not really. Mm-mm. Okay, here's our next question. When's the last time you had a nightmare? Well, I watch a lot of scary movies, so probably a couple of days ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Japan really messed me up. I'm gonna say I love scary, scary stuff, I, huh? A lot of scary movies out. Yeah, there. they do scary movies well, and they traumatize you with that shit for real. But I love scary movies because of it. But so I always have dreams about like. You know the girl from the ring? Yep. I, yeah, I have I, I have I, dreams I, about that. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's not good. You wake up <laughs> what do you what do you wake up like screaming or what? Once in a while. I'll like be running away and then trying to like scream myself awake almost. Wow. But not like in a I'm not even because I know it's fake. Cause I watch enough of these movies, I know it's fake. But I, I'm really just trying to mentally wake myself up by, by like, vocalizing it, I guess. When's the last time you had a panic attack? Um, a while, it's been a while. And I remember it, but I don't remember why I had a panic attack. But it's been a while. I've been okay lately. Do you believe in soulmates? You know, I, I do somewhat i think you can have multiple soulmates <laughs> but i also believe that you can have soulmates that are your friends as well oh yeah because yeah there's you know people like i said i mean maybe and that might be part of living overseas and having connections with people having those really deep connections with people um where it's like you cannot talk to them for you know 10 years or whatever and then you start a conversation and it's like nothing happened you know, it's like a day hasn't gone by, you know, so. Well, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Okay. What do you think happens when you die? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, I don't want to say that it's just like black and then it's done, story over. You know what I mean? I like the idea of reincarnation as well. I really do. Um, but then it's like... Practice? I think I want to want to come back as a person, but <laughs> why are you laughing? Um, but it's like, you don't, do you remember stuff from your past life? Like some people say you do. Right. And right. But like what stuff, like, I don't think you, people, I don't know. It's who's to say when, when, when we die, we'll find out, I guess, you know, <laughs> Okay, these are the last questions. This question is a series of questions, right? So I'm going to ask you this question multiple times, and then your answer needs to change. It's called okay. Who Are You? So every time I ask Who Are You, the goal is to go beyond yourself. Oh, Lord. So here, I'll, I'll, give, I'll do a demo. Every time I point, you just say, Who Are You? Ready? Okay. Who are you? Jared Waters. Who are you? Two-time wrestling champ. <laughs> Who are you? That's how it goes. Okay. Right? You go beyond yourself. Okay. All right, you ready? Who are mm -hmm. you? Uh, Adrian Southwell. Who are you? <laughs> I'm a HR admin. Who are you? I'm an artist. Who are you? 
I am a dreamer. Who are you? I'm optimistic. Who are you? I'm an animal lover. Who are you? I'm a strong black woman. Who are you? I don't know what else to say. Oh my God. Um, it's okay not to know the answers. When we do the yeah. we probably have a whole lot more answers. Yeah. When it's all said and done, if you had to give your book to somebody, what would you want people to say about you? I would want to say that I was compassionate um, with people and I always tried my best to be in their corner um, and I was loyal and I stood up for what I believe in. How can people find your artwork? Where do you work people get it? Do you have a website? Um, well, oh yeah, can I shamelessly plug things now? Oh, plug that? everything. <laughs> okay, well, I say artist, but I make um, jewelry. Ooh. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, uh, AD by the C. So the AD is the A-Y-D-E-E version. Okay. Um, <laughs> and also I have my own podcast. Uh, hey, hey, quarant podcast. Quarantine Podcasters, shout out. Um, it's actually technically that's false because my friend wanted us to start a podcast in like February and then quarantine just gave us the time to do it basically. Oh, no. But um, so our podcast is called Booze and Bullshit, <laughs> which is was what we do. So we get a little tipsy and we um, it's kind of fun. We both find like a crazy story that happened in the news at some point at some time. Um, and then we we don't tell each other what the story is um. before we before we you know go on. And so we so far we haven't had the same story yet. So knock on wood. Um, we're pretty lucky. <laughs> I don't think this and, is a yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and we do... You post a lot more podcasts than we do, though. We do it, like, once a week only. I'm by myself, so I can shoot them out. You know what That's I mean? True. I'm by That's myself. true. I shoot them out. <laughs> I can shoot out twice a week if I do. But, I got, yeah. you know, I'm working on, like, promotion more. But I... I have another podcast with one of my friends. His name is Lito. We do one called Which Way's Up. But mm. are we it's like right, it's on hiatus, you know, whenever we yeah. do it. And I was like, I'd rather just bet on myself, you know? Right. And as my thing is like a time capsule of emotions. So like if mm -hmm. someone found this, they're like, Oh, what was A D like on J June nineteenth, mm -hmm. two thousand and twenty? What was their emotions like? Yeah. Then? And I was like, It's just a time capsule. So if I, my kids have this, I'm like, here, you wanna know what your dad was like? Listen to this. <laughs> That's cool though. Um, I gotta listen to more episodes. You keep, you keep knocking them out, and I'm I'm not caught up yet. Thirty three. Well, I think I'm thirty six. <laughs> I don't know. We're on a lot. Yeah. Well, ladies a lot. and gentlemen, this is uh, this is Adrian. Make sure you follow her and get by the jewelry. Buy the jewelry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Have a wonderful night. Hey, you're live on the podcast. One man, one tree in a hill. Say what up to the people. Now, this is when I see black excellence. It's Keenan Thompson. And I see this giant butt. And I'm like, oh, who is that? Turns out it's Questlove. It's Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy. And they're all sitting at the table. And I walk up to Eddie Murphy. And I was like, hey, Mr. Murphy, I just want to say you're the goat, man. And you're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. Said, uh uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.